This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. Welcome to the Center for Sports Studies podcast. My name is Brandon Podgorski, Professor of Sport Management at Trine University, and I want to welcome you to this week's podcast. On today's podcast, I am joined by Patrick Faust, a Trine Sport Management graduate and current Performance Center Operations Manager with the South Bend Cubs. As the Performance Center Manager, Patrick is responsible for the scheduling and business operations of the Performance Center. The first Source Bank Performance Center features batting cages in a full weight room and is the workout facility for Cubs players, but cages can also be rented by the general public. In addition to his job with the Cubs, Patrick also explains how his multiple jobs and internships in college helped to prepare him for his full-time role with the Cubs. I hope you enjoy the show. All right, I am very excited to have on Patrick Faust. He is the Performance Center Operations Manager with the South Bend Cubs. And not only is it exciting to have a sport professional on the on the show, but to have one of our Trine alums join us. Patrick, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Appreciate it. Well, like I said, I'm excited to talk to you um, because, you know, being your professor, I got to know a little bit about your journey. So I want to jump into what you do at the First Source Bank Performance Center there in South Bend. Um, but before that, you know, I use you as an example with students now, with my freshmen this year, um, on what it takes to break in and finally get that full-time position in sport. Um, because of course you were one of the lucky graduates in, in 2020 in May during the, uh, during the heart of COVID. Um, so it was a little difficult to find that full-time job, but before we kind of jump into what it is you do, just kind of take us through your background. You know, if you, you can start as far back as you want, but certainly in college where you did multiple internships, you helped out with teams on campus, you were working at Notre Dame, all of this to put yourself into position just to get a full-time job. So um, walk us through your background. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I'll start kind of my freshman year of college. Uh, that's where that's where it really kicked off. I, um, I I went to Ivy Tech, got my associate's degree in one year there, ended up transferring to Trine. Uh, Trine had what I wanted, uh, the student to teacher ratio, but not only that, um, it was it, it was the stepping stone for my success to where I'm been where I've been and where I'm at today. Um, I I've done internships with Notre Dame in their rec sports department. I've worked with, I currently and have worked with the Notre Dame athletic department and event and game management, uh, their department, um, currently work full-time for the South Bend or first horse bank performance center with the South Bend Cubs, um, in operations. But then I've interned with the Indianapolis motor speedway, the trying hockey team, like I said, Notre Dame, you know, I've, I've held a lot of positions and to summarize it. Um, I've held anything from operations to equipment, management to sales to um, just guest services to um, I, I've worn many hats and um, the more you can do the better the better off you are um, you don't want to short yourself in any sense um, of the imagination um, and that's part of the reason why I got into ticket sales with this uh, South Bend Cubs as one of my internships um, I wasn't sure if sales was where I wanted to go. Uh, so I tried it. It was a good resume builder and it kind of helped get me to the point where I'm at today. So, so how important do you think that experience was that you got in college with all those different things that you've done? Because, you know, as I tell students all the time, Hey, 
internships count, you know, volunteering counts, part-time jobs, they count. So, you know, whether you think in terms of, of, you know, building a resume or just helping you with your network, um, do you think you get this job with the Cubs that you have now if you hadn't done all those experiences in college? No, not at all. Um, it's every person you meet, you want to, in some way, shape or form, you're leaving a lasting memory with them. And so even if you're at a networking event or even if you have a guest speaker or even if you are just out and about, um, you want to go out, you want to connect, you want to you want to go up introduce yourself don't be afraid of them um there's nothing you can say that somebody's gonna be like oh you know if they're they're looking at you funny then they might not be the best fit for you but just my point is is go out introduce yourself you can never fail by introducing yourself whether it's for a job whether it's just for a whatever for fun for just meeting new friends family whoever i it doesn't matter what you're doing it's just everyday life experience to go out introduce yourself the more people you meet the more opportunities you have. And like Professor Potts said, you know, whether it's volunteering or you're getting paid um, when you're starting out, don't focus on that. Just do it. The more you can add to your resume, the better um, at one point or another. Um, so Linda Cooper was my career advisor in college at Trine. And at one point or another, I had three pages of a resume. I had to cut it down to two pages. And that was one of the hardest things I could do because I didn't want to take out anything because I felt like it was all relevant. But it's a building block to wherever you go. And as you start out, you're going to spend a year, two years, you're only going to spend a short time with jobs anymore because you continually learn and then you continually build and you don't want to, even now, like um, I love where I'm at and everything, but I'm always looking for that next opportunity. And, you know, you brought up something that I think is a, is a good point. And, and I certainly don't want to, you know, go against any kind of conventional advice that that students hear, you know, certainly as a college student and maybe just getting ready to graduate, you know, we've all kind of heard your resume needs to be that that one page. And, and that's, you know, good advice. And, and that's been advice for a long time. Um, but I think the best advice I ever received, especially as a professional, uh, was from a mentor of mine. And, you know, he basically just said, hey, your resume is as long as it needs to be. So, you know, when you got a guy like Patrick, who's got a lot of experience and now a lot of professional experience, you know, it's going to look different now then it's going to look, you know, when you graduate college. So if it's two or three pages, obviously it's it's going to be okay once you get that professional experience like Patrick is is starting to get. And, you know, you mentioned networking and, and how important that is because sports is such a small world. You just That's never true. know who knows somebody else. So really well, great points. Well, I was going to throw something in real yep. quick. So, you know, you hit on a good point, Professor Pod, because you don't know who knows who or who knows what. And it's not, it's not necessarily who, what, you know, it's who, you know, mm -hmm. and currently, like I said, I work part-time for the Notre Dame athletic department. I just worked the Notre Dame women's basketball game last night versus Duke. Um, I do instant replay for the ACC, the connections that I've met since I started with Notre Dame, not just this year, but the last three, four years, whether it's lacrosse, baseball, softball, volleyball, basketball, no matter, no matter what it is, like, there's always people I'm meeting, the, the connections I have. I love working with them, but I love what, doing what I'm doing. So when you're doing that, I'm not saying don't do it for the money. If the minute you stop loving what you're doing and it feels like work, you know you're in the wrong spot. Um, I took a job at Enterprise, a great company, great organization. But the people I worked with and what I was doing did not fit me and did not make me feel I didn't enjoy going to work. And so now um, it's different now. So keep that in the back of your mind. Don't short yourself. And always 
do something you enjoy that'll help you build yourself. Well, let's talk about what you're doing now. So you are the First Source Bank Performance Center. You're the operations manager. So what do you do as the operations manager for uh, the Performance Center and the South Bend Cubs? You know, to summarize it into one sentence, I do anything from facility management to event management uh, to administration work and then above and beyond that. Um, my day to day, I don't really have set out. I do have set hours, but I don't have set hours. Um, it really depends on what's going on. But like we um, anything from holding concerts to holding trivia nights to holding birthday parties holding group outings during games to basic staff management and game management um, with running the performance center. We open the cages up to the uh, public who go to the game. And then from there they can come in and hit, um, you know, uh, I work with financials a little bit um, for the performance center, how much we make it, um, you know, on day to day plus games and et cetera. Um, and on top of that, I sell, like I can sell group outings anywhere in the stadium. Um, I can sell birthday parties, I can sell, um, what else do I, I can sell, like, like I've got an event coming up that they want to, it, it's kind of like an international event that we're thinking of having here. So I'm working with, uh, with them and my boss on that. Uh, so it's a wide range of things. So it's not just operations, but I'm selling, I'm doing staff management. I am, you know, I'm doing facility management, cleanliness to, um, working with my boss for basic, um, fixing things um there's a better word i'm looking for and i can't think <laughs> of it but uh just the day-to-day -day is always changing there's always something new and i'm always working with our uh 15 travel baseball teams um with our south bend cubs foundation um it's a uh not-for-profit but uh we have 15 travel teams and then we do events with them and go from there so well, and, and you know, I'm so glad you mentioned sales because we got a lot of students who want to get into operations, um, which is great. Uh, I really enjoyed working in the the operations that I, that I got to work in as part of my job, you know, before I got into higher ed. Um, but not a lot of students necessarily want to get into sales. However, I think it's a really, really valuable tool to use because at some point we're all selling something, you know, whether it's yourself in an interview or an idea to a boss or, you know, you having the opportunity, you know, to help on that revenue side. Um, you know, I, I know your background's kind of more in the operations and, and you do an excellent job and, and I know you could do either or, but it just makes you that much more valuable to have some of those sales skills, I'm assuming, um, not just kind of like the facility management skills. Yes, absolutely. Professor Pod said it best. You're selling yourself, you're selling your skills, you're selling your just anything that you do every day in some way, shape or form, whether you're actually selling a physical item or you're just trying to prove that you can do it, especially as you start your career. Always be prepared. Don't again, don't short yourself because every little skill set that you can um, that you're going to use will come in handy and you'll study it. And, and I promise I didn't tee him up to say that. I, I'm just so happy to hear that, for, you know, from the from the mouths of a, of a sports <laughs> professional now. Um, but one of the things you did talk about is that the performance center, it's open to the public. So, you know, having gone there and toured, you know, I mean, there's, it's a, it's a great center because you've got the cages in there. You've got the uh, fitness equipment. There's an area for concessions and meetings and things like that. So talk about that a little bit, you know, this is going to be an open-ended broad question, but the team uses it. I'm assuming the public can use it. So how do you kind of balance those schedules? For with the MLB mm -hmm. taking over the minor leagues, they they have a new schedule so it's not like you could play two three four weeks in a in a row 
most of the time you're going home one week away one week home one week away next and etc you'll the most you'll have is a two-week home home stand and then you only do that maybe a couple times throughout the year um most teams do so when the team is on the road our teams can come in and practice if it especially in the summer most of them are outside but if it's raining or uh, crappy weather they're going to come in they can use uh they can use the cages when the team's on the road they can use the weight room when the team is at home we have a certain number of cages. Usually it's about two or three that are set off to the side for the Cubs and then set off to the side for if the public want to come in and rent because we still got to make some money in some way, shape or form um, between memberships, basic uh, um, cage rentals, uh, et cetera. But the weight room is off limits. People can come in and have events upstairs. And typically when the team's at home, most of the time we don't have anything going earlier in the day because there's group outings up here and we're trying to get this uh, space ready um, for that group. Um, Cause whether you have a business, a, just a family or whatever it might be, whatever your mind might think of, you can do a group outing as long as it's 20 or more. So, and then on a game day, there's, we have four cages that are open to the people that go to the game. Two cages are for the Cubs through the game, before the game and after the game. Uh, but, if it's raining and we got the tarp on the field, the Cubs will come in and then we'll shut it down to the public because the Cubs can do infield and batting practice, um, pitching, et cetera, in here. So is there ever a situation where like the public can be in there at the same time as a, as a cub, like, you know, Hey, could I be taking batting practice next to the uh, future first baseman of the Cubs at some point? Very rarely does that happen, but yes, okay. typically if that happens. It's a, you got a, you got a seven o'clock game. And the tarp goes on at five o'clock and we've got or four o'clock or whatever. And you've got some kid, uh, like a couple high school kids that want to hit before their tournament on like a Wednesday or a Thursday. And then they come in, uh, they're hitting in like the first or second cage and then the Cubs are in rest of them. But then we've got like dividers, divider screens Mm. that can't and kind of separate it so that way it kind of what gives the cubs privacy and everything um but with the new development and player development and all that it's gotten to the point where uh, and obviously this place would not have been built if the cubs were not here and it was built for the cubs um so most people understand that if the cubs got to come in they got to get out type thing so that was going to kind of be a follow-up question like how much of this was kind of pushed by by the south bend cubs or, or did they have in the planning and the financials of this and how much was it on the actual home team on uh, on Chicago to put in the resources needed for the um, for the operations or for the performance center? Yeah, absolutely. So the performance center was built when Andrew Berlin took over the team. Um, mm-hmm. So Andrew Berlin, who is one of the sta- largest stakeholders of the of the Four Winds Field, um, the city technically owns it, but he owns the team store, the apartments, and the performance center. Uh, so he's the one that built it. To bring that was part of the factor what that gave the Cubs the ammunition to be like okay we're going to South Bend, um, so that was the one of the biggest parts to it, um, as far as I know. But on top of that, as you know, and probably several other know several others know, the development is a big part of baseball anymore. Um, you know, you're taking away the shift, you're taking away all this other stuff. So like the Cubs this year are inputting two TV screens to get more hit tracks and Rapsodo, which works on your analysis on hitting and pitching and all these numbers, et cetera. But my point is, is the Cubs put in the Chicago Cubs, like the Ricketts family and everything. They came and toured this past year. They were very impressed with the facility, but they also will help Andrew and make sure that the necessary resources and, um, 
management guides, et cetera, what are put into um, this facility in the off season or even during the season um, if there's enough time to allow the teams to be successful. Last year, the Cubs farm system, so us in South Bend, Myrtle Beach, um, Tennessee, and uh, those three, three out of the five teams um, in the Chicago franchise made the tournament. And then uh, we were the only ones that won it for the second time in three years. Iowa did not make the tournament. They struggled. And then Chicago obviously did not make the tournament or the postseason. Um, but uh, yeah, so like I said, I've, uh, you know, I've had a bunch of success and part of, most of it has come from being here, uh, considering I've been here for two of the three uh, championships they've won. You know, that's great information because I don't think a lot of people understand when you're talking about minor league baseball, you know, the the home club, the parent club really kind of takes care of, of the players and signing the players and choosing the players and things like that. You know, the South yeah. Bend Cubs has has a little say, but when right. you're actually talking about running the business and running the facilities and and everything that goes into a game, um, you know, I don't think Chicago has a whole lot to do with it. Now, it sounds like the Ricketts family wants to help where they can and that makes sense. But for the most part, um, and please correct me if I'm wrong, like um, you guys as the South Bend Cubs are really kind of responsible for that, correct? Yes, absolutely. Um, how the game is run in game presentation to uh, bringing in fans, you know, making that game money, all that. Um, most like the umpires, the players, everybody, by the, by the time they get here, they have most of what they want. Um, the, there's about a m few weeks to a month at the beginning of the season that the Cubs are like, Hey, we need some more of this, that, et cetera, whether it's baseballs, bats, whatever it might be. Um, but most of that, it comes from the farm system. Um, and, uh, those who have a say and report to like the Ricketts and like Jed Hoyer, et cetera. Okay. So, um, on game days, then your responsibilities are, do they just cover their performance center or are there other things that you have to do there in the stadium? So my responsibility is just the performance center. Okay. Um, I oversee the game day staff, our, our our staff, who is our who the staff that works for us now also works for us in the season for the most part, unless they've got an internship. Because some of them are in college, some of them are high school, some of them play summer ball, etc. Um, but I oversee them and just the daily operations uh, on a non-game day and a basic game day with the cages, uh, the weight room. But then. I don't do too much with the Cubs. They, like I said, they typically have what they want and what they need, but if they need uh, extra supplies or need, need something small and I'm around or my boss is around most of the time, they'll go to my boss, but then um, they, uh, they'll, they'll come to me if I'm, if he's not around or if I, if I'm the first person they see, et cetera. But then I also oversee our 50, 50 um, ticket raffle that we do uh, during a game. And so I want you to kind of think back a little bit to when you were an intern you know, for students who want to break into sport and may start an internship this summer, and I understand every team is different, but maybe just with your experience, um, what can they expect working for a team like the South Bend Cubs? Like, for example, you did your your sales internship with the Cubs. So, you know, with students going into that this summer here in just a couple months, um, how would you prepare them? Absolutely. Um, so I would say there's two major points that I want to make in regards to that one, you're going to be working a ton of hours <laughs> and that's better words or worse words or however you want to say it. Uh, but you're going to be working a ton of hours. It's a grind. If you're going to work in sports, 
you can have a family. Obviously, this is way, way, way down the road for mo- many of you, maybe not. Um, but you can have a family, but it makes it harder, especially when you're constantly on the move, whether you're working with the team, you're not working with the team, you're staying put, whatever. So my point is you're going to work a ton of hours, but you're also going to be doing a lot of things that you may or may not want to do, but you also, I'm not saying to not do it or to do it or whatever. You've got to do what's comfortable with you. At some point, Mm -hmm. there's that guidelines to having self-respect and so forth from there but you also don't want to again you don't want to short yourself the more you can do the better but like there were times that i did things that i may not have done before i didn't know how to do i didn't feel comfortable but you got to be open and honest with your supervisor and be like hey i may not know how to do this i may not feel comfortable but i can do part of it or i can can i try something else along these lines kind of transition it and if you've got a good supervisor who's going to listen to you and do what's best for you and the organization um you're both going to put your heads together and you're going to do, you're going to come up with a plan. So that way you're doing just as much to be successful as you are, even if you don't know how to do something or you may not feel as comfortable, et cetera, if that makes sense. No, it makes plenty of sense. And, you know, I, I, I love baseball, as you know, and, you know, I worked in baseball for a couple of years and you're right, you know, your sales, you're in from nine to five, eight to five, whatever it is. And then you got the game that night at seven o'clock. And you just kind of get to a point and I probably shouldn't admit it, but it's like, Hey man, I don't care if we win or lose, just please don't go into extra innings. You know, I want to go home. Um, but you're right. I mean, working in sports, it's long hours, but as you said, you know, you, you find something you enjoy, you don't want to do anything else. So I think that's also a really important point. You've got to enjoy what it is that you do. The other thing, um, I will add to is if you're going into the sports expecting to watch the game, you know, sometimes you're going to catch the game. Sometimes you're going to be like, who won? You'll go home. Yeah. Uh, every once in a while, I'll be like, hey, what was the score? And I'll be like, you know what? To be honest with you, I just know we won or we lost. Yeah. I just, if it's exciting, you typically pay a little bit more attention. But then there's games that I've been so busy or it's been so slow or whatever that you're just kind of like, oh, we're only in the sixth inning or like mm-hmm. professors pop. Let's just not go into the extra innings and let's finish this thing. Or we got a thunderstorm coming in about a half hour and we got 15 minutes. We'll get a guy on the mound, get it over with. So I don't have to go out there and do a tarp pull. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, we've talked about tarp pulls on other episodes. So, uh, <laughs> you know, that's, that's a great thing to work about minor league sports. You know, you get, to, you get access to all these different experiences that, you know, if, if you're working for the Chicago Cubs, which would be amazing, but if you're working for the Chicago Cubs, you might just be in your own, like one little silo. You may not get some of those other opportunities, which you could use down the road. So um, yeah. With minor league baseball that, or even minor league sports in general, whether it's minor league hockey, baseball, uh, there's no minor league football, but whatever it might be, you're going to get skills and everything that you do and everything that you learn, it's not just going to help you with your career in sports. It's going to help you with whatever career or whatever you end up doing. Um, it just gives you life skills that, you know, you can go anywhere and everywhere and it's going to benefit you to the end. Yep. Absolutely. Completely agree. So thinking about, you know, your, your two years here now with the Chicago or with, I'm sorry, with the South Bend Cubs in the performance center, what have been some of the the toughest and, and maybe some of the most rewarding parts of the job? Absolutely. So I would say uh, rewarding parts of the job are getting to meet a lot of different people, um, not only different cultures, but different age groups. You know, I work with uh, a lot of the kids that work for us are high school, college students. So I get to help them with their career advice. You know, they'll be like, hey, how do you handle this, et cetera, whatever it might be. Um, but on top of that, 
if you're a person who likes to do different things daily or weekly, this is a good spot for you. That's been very beneficial. Um, sometimes I like doing the same thing. Sometimes I'm like, okay, I want to change it up because I'm getting sick of doing the same thing. And that again, in the summer, you're always on the go, even in the off season right now for me, I'm always on the go, but the off season is a little bit more consistent than the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the downfalls are, you know, like, um, like part of my job is cleaning the bathrooms. Part of my job is the basic upkeep. When you've only got two full-time staff, it makes it extremely hard. And, um, so that's a difficult part of the job trying to, trying to think what else there's several, there's a few different things that are very challenging with my job. Part of it again has to do with like the weather and scheduling, especially when it comes to scheduling uh, some of our travel teams to play on the field during the summer when the team Cubs are on the road. You know, you're you're working with several di- different departments in my position. I'm working with HR and finance to um, the president Joe Hart to our GM Nick Brown when it comes to sales. I'm working um, with the ticket office when it comes to sales. I'm working to just facility management and um, our grounds, our opera stadium ops. So there's a lot of different uh, people I'm working with on a day-to-day and that can be challenging as well. You know, as we close out here, any advice that you'd want to give to students? We've talked a little bit about this, you know, with internships, but just any career advice you would give to students if they would want to make a career in operations? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say there's three bullet points that I would uh, emphasize deeply. When you're networking or when you go out, reach out to people, ask questions, whether it's an informational interview, whether it's a quick phone call, whether it's um, to this day, I still send text messages when I can um, out to people that I know that whether they're in the sports industry or not, I'll be like, hey, when you worked in the sports industry or even in your day to day job, I try to relate it so that way they can kind of help me as best as I can. And I take their advice mm-hmm. no matter what what industry you're in. Everybody can give you advice, whether it's for your life, professionally, personally, whatever it might be, it's going to benefit you. Um, so reach out, ask questions. There's no bad question. Be yourself, be true to yourself and follow what you love. If you don't like something, be honest. It's better to be honest and upfront and do your best to help your, wherever you're at and yourself, than try to grind through it and be miserable for the rest of your life. The other point of advice I would give is to, again, get as much experience, get out there. Uh, whether it's sales, operations, whatever, but in the operations realm, don't get, don't be afraid to get your hands dirty, especially when you're starting out. Don't be afraid to try different things, um, and just don't be afraid to try. There's different aspects when it comes to operations. You got team ops, you got game ops, you got facility ops, you got stadium ops, etc. Really narrow it down to what you want to do. But when you start like an internship, try to. Be able, keep it wide range, keep an open mind. And then the third thing is, like I said, um, you know, run things past your peers. Um, be like, am I, you know, being, sometimes I've asked my friends, am I crazy for doing this? <laughs> or, and especially the ones that work in sports are, they'll be like, no, this will be beneficial. Find those people that'll help you down the road, whether it's friends, family, uh, former colleagues, uh, former for professors, Professor Pod and Professor Cooper have both been there to this day for me, and it's been great. Uh, so I, those are the three biggest things, but hopefully those help. Um, I'm always willing to help and always willing to give advice. So if anybody wanted to get a little bit of advice from you or just kind of reach out and, and add you to their network, is there a good way for people to contact you? 
Yeah, I would say you can email me. Um, I'm on the uh, South Bend Cubs front office page um, uh, under the Performance Center. Uh, Professor Pod has my cell phone number. Feel free to text me. Um, I've had a few people reach out to me um, or, you know, there's somebody on that campus has my information, email, phone number. Uh, yeah, those are the two biggest ones. But uh, somebody's got my information or you can probably uh, find me on oh LinkedIn. That was the other one I was going to say. I was like, there's something else. But um, reach out. Fantastic. Well, he is Patrick Faust, uh, trying grad, one of my former students who i uh, very proud of and excited to have on the show today. He's the first Source Bank Performance Center operation manager with the South Bend Cubs. Patrick, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Be sure to check our social media pages for our next guest on March 2nd. As always, we'd like to say a special thank you to producer Josh Hornbacher for his work behind the scenes. This is the Center for Sports Studies podcast, broadcasting from the Trine Broadcasting Network. If you like this episode, please be sure to subscribe to the Center for Sports Studies podcast on your favorite podcasting platform and give us a five-star rating if you like what you heard. For more information about the Center for Sports Studies, please visit trine.edu. Also, be sure to like the Trine Center for Sports Studies on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TrineCSS. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.